Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that has ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I look forward to sharing strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some exciting news. I just launched a super powerful tra uh, training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. Uh, this is where I'll show you how you can get a 45% bump in your net profits in just 30 days. I know it sounds crazy, right? Just following a simple three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without spending additional money on marketing, hiring more staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com for all the deets. All right, listeners, I have my international guest on with me today, Nate Lynn. Nate is the author of Maximum Exit, the definitive guide for internet and technology-focused business founders and, business, and, and is a business broker at Website Closers, the largest marketplace for $1 million to $150 million internet technology and e-commerce businesses. Reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad inspired Lynn to dream of financial freedom and passive income. He exited his first company in 2016, which was an e-commerce technology uh, to, uh, to shopping cart platform. Lynn learned that selling a company and using the proceeds to buy passive income was far easier than trying to run it passively. There are 167,000 buyers looking at 103 client businesses right now for sale in his marketplace. Well, dang, Nate, that's, a, that's an enticing market for business owners out there. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking. I find when I'm talking to people, they don't realize what kind of market there is for businesses that are internet, digital technology, e-commerce businesses, coaching businesses, uh, professional service businesses, and they're not massive. They don't have hundreds of employees. They don't even have a dozen employees most of the time. Mm. It's just you know could be the owner, uh, an owner and a partner, or the owner and his wife or spouse, significant other. And some outsourced people helping, some VAs, some contractors, and they'll still sell the business for you know a couple million bucks, and um, that's a big heyday in, in uh, rich dad poor dad land. That's those are big deals in my in my book. Hey, they're big deals in our books too. So that's amazing because when we think about these businesses in the M and A space, uh, mergers and acquisition space, and you know the business brokers, and you hear about all these fantastical things. We're not talking about unicorns here. We're talking about the everyday business owner, right? That that bootstrapped yep. his business and and is trying to take it to the next level. So there's hope for us, right? 
That's exactly right. The uh, the average deal we do in our marketplace is about two and a half million dollars, and it's usually just an owner operator, uh, or they have like their spouse is helping them, or brother or family member, and then they've got some key parts of the business are outsourced to part time contractors or vendors, and that's it. I I once sold a twenty five million dollar business that was two business partners, and everything else was outsourced. They outsourced what? their digital marketing, they outsourced their customer service, they had VAs helping with their social media. Uh, it was just uh, the owner and his friend uh, that were running it. So it was basically an owner operator business and they got 25 million buckaroos uh, on their exit. Wow. Now that really stands up as your book title, Maximum Exit. So I love that. You know, it it it, it really truly does give us some hope that that we could do something in it and make it happen. Um, so I know you talk a lot about dispelling myths and and challenges and and our limiting beliefs on what we can do in our business in getting it ready for sale. And I always talk about all the stuff you should be doing now so that you have that opportunity later on. But I'd love to hear some insights as to, you know, what you're hearing in the world when people come up and say, is it possible to sell my business? It definitely is. Um, and there's a craft to it. The The most important thing that you can do for yourself if you're thinking about exiting at any point in time in the future is make sure you have professionally prepared financial statements. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You need to have, you need a bookkeeper, you need a CPA, you need someone that is categorizing all of your expenses, uh, that's categorizing all of your revenue, that has, you know, can put it into uh, buckets of uh, you know type, you know, interesting types of revenue. It could be if it's an e-commerce company, maybe they're selling physical products, so like all of your Shopify income or versus Amazon versus email income. Uh, just labeling and being thoughtful about what your expenses are for as opposed to who you're paying. For instance, if you put everything that's legal under a legal column, I can't categorize some of that as what's called an add back. I can't add it back to your uh, to your your earnings to give to apply your multiple to it. So here's a couple of examples with uh, with attorneys. You could have uh, trademarks and cease and desist letters, or you know litigation that sort of stuff, which is probably not going to be an ad back. But then you have estate planning or tax planning, which absolutely is an ad back. So we can't just lump everything into legal. We need to get a little bit more detailed around it. And the the sharing of the financial information, the way that it looks, it's it's look and feel. If it is like a report that comes out of uh, QuickBooks or Zero or another accounting system, that conveys confidence to a buyer that it's not just like back of the napkin, you know, a spreadsheet that that is put together and shared with them. Because mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling businesses, the dating, like all of this, it's around trust. It's establishing mm -hmm. that you're leading with, you know, vulnerability and trust. Uh, or you're, you're leading with vulnerability. The receiving party is is picking up on that, feeling into it. They're they're creating a, a judgment on their side around whether they can trust you or not, whether what you say is credible or not, and then they want more information and more information, and you continue that back and forth of exchange. I love that. And and I don't think people realize um, that your accounting, your books, tell a very detailed story as to what your business is doing, right? You know, you can put a great slideshow together. Oh, we sell this and we're in this market and do all that. But the books have to prove that. 
And that's why you need the professional knowing that someone can come in and read those, your, your books, your financial statements and know where your income's coming in, how much you're getting paid, where it's going, where it's coming from, how often it comes in. So it is really, truly a map to how your business is being run. And I think it is, you, you, you hit it right on the head. You gotta have it professionally laid out and done. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's never do your own books. (laughs) I I agree. I, I, I I do my own bookkeeping, so I know how to categorize things, but I've set up the rules and stuff in QuickBooks because my expenses are fairly, you know, generic and they come through, you know, month after month. So you can definitely do that, but someone has got to, you know, go through all of the expenses with a fine tuned cone, make sure that it's, that it's, it's accurate. Uh, and then, yeah, you just need to be able to run some simple reports. It's a PL by month. So you're showing, you know, the last 12 months of your income statement on an Excel file. Uh, and then usually you do that for every year that you've been in existence, go back at least three, four or five years if you've been around that long. Um, as a business broker, I do free consultations all the time where I am uh, doing the valuation. So if the business looks like it's going to trade for a million dollars or more, I'll do the valuation for you. If it's if it's less than that, unfortunately, that's just not where my buyer base is. But I have the tools, and we'll share the information later about where your your audience can can log into, and then basically figure out what their multiple is and go through and do their own valuation. Um, but it's it's an important part to this. We need to see the the financial numbers. No one cares honestly about a PowerPoint or a spreadsheet. <laughs> Most of the time, they don't care about your CRM. They don't care about your shopping cart. They because it, that's not going to show the expenses of the business. If you make a hundred million dollars, but you're paying $101 million, well, just you, say. you lost a million bucks. Congratulations. No one wants you. Um, right. If you've made uh, $2 million and only spent a million dollars, you made a million bucks. Congratulations. Everybody wants to buy your business. Exactly. And I think that's the point. When they're looking at the financials and the numbers, they're looking at the cash flow pocket probability, right? They're looking at how much could they tweak and change and then manage and get the return on their investment back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Something else that uh, I'd love to dispel too is uh, your gross revenue is not what's going to sell the business. It's your net profit. You have to focus on your profit. Uh, I I once had had an internet business from 2012 through 2018. And in 2016, I sold $36 million worth of beard care products for men, grooming products for men to take care sure. of their beards and grooming. Sure. Um, and we, I think that year on my tax return, I had netted $1.4 million. That, you know, was, I was happy with. The year after that, <laughs> didn't work the same way. The trend of the business was starting to decline. Uh, I ended up with, with a negative. And mm. that business is unsellable when you're in, in lower middle market, digital internet, like asset light businesses. There's not a standing structure. We don't have any real estate that's going on. The value of the business is in its, its free cash flow. You have to be making right. a profit. And then the multiple, the valuation of the business is your profit times the multiple, which I get into, there's 27 factors. It's, it's too much for this conversation, but I can get into it for your larger clients. Uh, or share it, you know, the resource that people will be able to get. If they listen to the end, they can get the fr- uh, free resource to it. Love it. Once, once you've got the cash flow times the multiple, boom, that's how much your company's worth in, in the lower middle market for these internet type businesses. 
And that's really important because that's what they're buying. They're, they're not buying, they're not buying your business to come in and start a career and run off with it. They're buying the business for, to put someone in there or, or put a small team in there and then have it cash flow, right? Have it produce income every single month. Um, I think that that's really truly, and I love that you focused on it's the profit, the net profit, the bottom line. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. Most of the business owners in our space get advice from their tax professionals to run their lifestyle through their business. And when you do that, a great idea because it cuts down on taxes, but it kills your net profit, right? It does. I can add back stuff that's that's not um, disputed. Most buyers are okay with cell phones, tr- so, your travel expenses. So. Yeah, you're you're fine with. I, I can get away with quite a bit with cell phone travel if you have a car that you're using for personal. Like some people maybe have a lease or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have problems with that. And usually my buyers. The important thing is the buyer's lender. Because most of the buyers are using leverage. This is kind of like the earlier days of real estate finance. We don't have access to the same types uh, types of hundred percent financing for you know your first time home buyer sort of program. Like that doesn't exist yet. But we can get up to 80 percent of the of the business funded through an SBA uh, an SBA lender if your tax returns show a profit. Because those are the underwriting documents that the SBA lenders use to qualify the cash flow. Um, so yeah, it's my preference if you've planned this out. And what I would recommend to people if they're not selling in the next like year or so is have a holding company that you put all of your discretionary expenses in. Then have your operating company be a, a pass-through entity to the holding company. So you're not have paying double tax returns on this. You just flow all the money up to your, your holding company. Put stuff like your cell phone, your car, your meals, your, uh, you know, that-, that Pain trip to junior. T- Pain <laughs> Pain ju- yeah, junior. I, I had a call last night. Somebody's got his dad on payroll for like, like a half a million bucks or something like that. No, it's $10,000 a month. He's making pretty good money. He's doing 30 million a year. Uh, wow. So $10,000 a month he's got for his dad's payroll. And I, I've talked with a couple of folks too, where like they've got their nanny, you know, like they're paying their nanny through their company. Put all of that in your LLC. That's it's your name, comma LLC. Like that's right. that's you, and you can do all of your tax returns and and get your deductions for tax purposes there. But keep your operating entity super clean. It's all yeah. everything that's in it is the revenue coming in and the expenses associated to the 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 running of that business. If that's if I could go back in time and tell everybody to do that, that's exactly <laughs> how it's. That's how I did it. I, I dumb luck for me. I didn't know any better, but that's just I had a holding company and then I owned multiple businesses in their own operating entities. So I kept that real clean. I did a distribution of profit to me. And then with me, I did whatever I wanted to. It was my company. I could either get taxed right. on it or not. And I would fight. And the you fight never with sold my, it. And I never, never sell sold that company. one. No, that one never <laughs> sells. You keep that one forever. I love it. Yeah. Wow. That is a very big gem you just dropped here for us. And, and funny enough, um, you know, I, I say this often, I love accountants. I love CPAs, but oftentimes they're not creative in the way that they think, right? They're not thinking of what's going to happen next year, three years, five years from now. They're thinking what happened last year. 
And how can I squeeze every penny out of the company so that you don't come and complain that you're paying too many taxes? I think most taxes. of their clients are pinching their pennies with everything in life, including mm. the fee to their CPA. So their CPA <laughs> is not incentivized to tell them, here's a, here's a strategy you should do if you're thinking about selling. And I think most people, most people don't even know their businesses are, 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 buy, are purchasable or sellable. Sellable, yeah. I had no idea. My the first company I sold, I, I wasn't planning to exit it. Someone approached me and said, I yeah, I would like to buy it. How much do you want for it? And I was like, Well, I don't even know how much it's worth. Million a million dollars. It wasn't making any cash flow at the time. It was an it was an information like a, a technology system I built. I had a couple of clients, but it was mostly for internal use. But I had built all of this uh intellectual properties is code base that was related to this uh this one particular strategic who was the shopping cart that ended up buying it i basically built out a roadmap of reporting systems for them that they never got around to doing but they didn't know wow. how i knew how to do it i ended up selling it i didn't get a million bucks but i got enough to pay for a, a nice house in a in a suburb in most major metropolitan areas and um, it was not cash flow positive it was it was a negative it was just an expense to me so I but mean, that's it. You had you had something. Infinity. Right. You had something, yeah. right? You created something. And like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, people buyers in this space aren't always looking to step in and take over and run it. They may want what you have to pull out to add to their product. So, you know, having a technology that solves one of their bigger problems, you know, that was almost a no-brainer and a surprise. You got an offer. Yeah. Uh, uh, from from somebody off the street, right? Yeah. So I where did. where do like okay? So now that we know it's possible, right? We know that in the under five million space, you know, million to five million space in revenue, that it's possible to sell your company. We know that you got to have clean financials and be in a position to sell. You know, you've got to have positive increasing cash flow. What else do we need? That's really it. You need to, you need to have positive and increasing cash flow. You need to be at least two years old, and you can be smaller. You don't have to be making a million to five million in revenue. Uh, we that's that's what I would be selling a smaller business. Ah. At. So, so if, if you do making, two multiple, right? Five yeah, hundred thousand. Exactly. So if you're if it's like a two x multiple, you only need to be making you know five hundred thousand. I we our, our marketplace commands a premium. We're typically selling things three x and higher. Uh, so that, that's if it's if it's two years of age and older, if it's a half a million dollars in earnings, I can, you know, I can put it on the market for, you know, somewhere in three X range. I'll be, you know, one point five million dollars. That's three years worth of income to you like that. Um, wow. That's usually pretty much our threshold. You need to be making about half a million dollars in cash flow. Uh, so that's your net profit. Uh, and be two years old. And that for our buyers, they're interested. There's other platforms you can self-list your business on. You may not get much business broker interest for smaller transactions. There's some brokerages that they're more like, we're like the Mercedes AMG. Every deal gets a broker. We handcraft the engine. We create the prospectus. We take it to the market. We narrate and talk with all of the buyers. But there's other platforms you can use. You can self-list on a variety of them. You got to weed out all the buyers. It's a pain in the butt. That's my job. Believe me, that's my least favorite part is weeding out those buyers. But um, if you're willing to do that footwork, uh, you can you can list any business out on the market and see what kind of... You know what? I would never recommend somebody try and sell their business. You know, I mean, years back, you know, the contracts and troubles used to be hard to sell your own business. Your own 
your own home. But now it's so darn easy. Business selling your business is is challenging, right? They're going to go in and they're going to dig through your skeletons and in yeah. your closet. They're going to unbury you know problems that you thought were buried. You need professional representation to sell your company. It you're is well be, worth the commission. I mean, yeah, hands you're, down. You're, you're going to get uh, most most buyers have looked at hundreds or thousands of deals by the time they've come across you. Then they've probably have acquired more than one. So they're going to have, if you're, this is the first time you're selling, you know, you're selling a business, Outmatch. you're going to be working with someone that has more experience than you do. And they will use that to their advantage every time. I, I see it happen constantly with buyers that should know better because I've done a lot of deals and I'll see it coming and I'll put them on warning that that don't fly. Like, and not only was that inaccurate, that was an outright lie. I caught you mm. in it. And I'm not, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll tell my client about it. We all still want this deal to go through. But if you're going to be nefarious about things, we're definitely done. Like we're not even continuing to the next stage. And it's human interest. Everyone's out for themselves. They're looking for a deal. Of course. Of course. You know, they're working, they're looking for a deal. And so that's why the representation is so important because A, you could get in trouble and there could be all sorts of stuff coming back to you or, or just worse, they hack at your price until you know they've got such a fantastic deal that you're left with wow what did i do which is kind of coming back to the story that i always say you know don't ever really consider or don't take it on first uh opportunity an unsolicited offer right if if you're not selling and someone says i want to come buy your company really what do you want to buy it for oh that's interesting and then go i seek professional help right and, yeah, that happens and, a lot because if you don't, you're immediately stuck in a position where you've got one person interested. Yeah. That's the worst position to be in in any negotiation. You're stuck with one option. When you list on a marketplace, you've got, you know, potentially, I've got listings that get 100, 150. My biggest one had 275 buyers signed in the, the non disclosure agreement. Wow. Looked at the prospectus. We had a bidding war on the deal. It was, it was bonkers. The worst one I've had, 32 NDAs. So there's a massive spread there, but still 32 is a whole lot more than one person that's interested in the business. Wow. I love this. This is so encouraging to to know that there's opportunities out there. So let's talk about the market and how I've heard from so many folks that, you know, in 2022, uh, early in 2022, it was gangbusters. And then by the end of 22, now going into 23, it's kind of dried up. Is that still part of the the scenario or the the horizon? That's not true at all. I've had two listings that I launched at the beginning of this year that have had well over 100 buyers interested in them. You have to remember, people who are investing in stocks and bonds and and have other investment classes, cryptocurrency and whatnot, they're getting crushed in those other markets. So what do they run to? They come back to good old-fashioned entrepreneurship. That's where they made their money in the past. They want to buy other stuff. And it's it's a track record, especially right now, because businesses that I'm listing now are able to show continued growth even through the beginning of the recession and the recession proof. So those businesses are doing great. Now, here's the problem, though. For some people whose businesses are getting crushed right now, then now's not the time to sell it. You have to have the growing earnings when you're looking at the trilling 12 months versus the previous fiscal year. You have to keep going. It doesn't need to be every month. This is something else. A lot of people are like, well, monthly, like I may have a big month and a bad month. We don't care. 
This is all looked at annually. So if you've got right. a fantastic January and a horrible January, or a fantastic December and a horrible January, um, we're going to look at not just January and December. We're going all the way back. We're looking at the past 12 months for the valuation, and then we're comparing that to previous years. So we, I, you don't have to worry about monthly ripples, but the cost of capital is a little bit more expensive right now. So that's compressed some offers for certain buyers. But mm -hmm. not all buyers are using uh, raised and leveraged um, um, uh, capital to purchase the business. And the ones who are using like the SBA loan, that's gone up a little bit. I think it went up from about 6% to 10% over the course of the last several years. So it's a little bit more yes. expensive, but it's amortized over 10 years. So cash flow wise, it's still pretty compelling for buyers to use it. And an SBA buyer is different than an investor, right? You know, so I mean, an SBA buyer is looking at that to come in, take it over, work it, and be part of the business and take over where you left off, right? Yeah. And yeah, continue use, to run it. They're going to, there'll be an owner operator. They're going to step into your shoes. They're going to take over as you. They're going to pay down that loan as quickly as they can. They'll probably refinance it in three to five years, anyways. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not, it's not a long term obligation for them. Love it. Love it. So it makes it sound really easy. If if you've got something going and you're thinking, okay, maybe I'm done or, you know, well, what's out there kind of stuff. And, and just, you know, I think any business owner ought to keep a pulse on the market if they ever think that they're going to sell. That doesn't mean they have to be out there and ready to sell all the time. But if they want to get an idea of what the value of their company is, they should be valuing their company every year in my mind, just to know that everything they're doing is supporting the, the end result, right? Keep, start sure with the will. end in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just like project management 101. When's the project due? Okay, reverse engineer how to get there. Right. You know, right. if you if you if you love your business and you treat it, you know, like you're the greatest employee in the world and you love being the greatest employee of the world for your own business, then keep doing what you're doing. I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and I realized early on that I wanted to have passive income. That's what mm. the whole book is about. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs, their business is not passive income. And honestly mm. speaking, if you look really hard at it, it never will be. You need mm. to sell it in order to get the passive income. So you sell it, you take that war chest of money, go buy bonds right now. They're like four, four and a half percent. You can get a 10 year bond and make, you know, for every million bucks, you're making 40 grand a year in, uh, in, in passive income. Like, okay, well, let's sell your business for 5 million bucks and get 4% on that. How much is that? You're, you know, you're making well into six digits in passive income and you're done. Congratulations. You're retired. Wow. Now, now what do you want to do? Right. You know, now, now, go, yeah, you, now go buy another business. You want to work, go travel the world, go play, work on your golf game. Right. That's a better, that's a better yeah. way to work. <laughs> no, that's a great so, idea though, that you can sell your business for $5 million. You keep the 5 million bucks. It may not all be in cash, but we, this is something else I'm, I was going to mention. A great deal is not one that's all like little cash and all earn out. Mm -mm. At we specialize in majority cash deals, majority right. cash structures. So you're going to get 50 to 80% of the deal in cash when you're working with someone like us. And th that's a good deal. So if you sell for $5 million, let's say 4 million of that is cash, put that 4 million bucks into bonds and then take, I don't know, maybe 200 or 400,000, go buy another business get it leveraged with the SBA, let the SBA pay 80% of it, go buy another $5 million business. And you only put you know, maybe four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars into it, and now you've got double the income. 
fantastic idea. Where do I sign up? This is great. <laughs> Shoot <laughs> no, me an email. We'll, we'll discuss it. <laughs> no, there's a lot of opportunities. And I think that's what the business owner. So, so we got into business and the United States um, tax system um, gives us benefits because we're creating jobs and we're doing the right stuff. It doesn't have to mean that you're married to that company and you slave 80 hours a week and be the worst boss with the worst employee running the worst pain in the behind you've ever had. It means that it's a tool, right? Just like your investments are a tool, run your tool properly, leverage it in the way you need to use it the way you need to. And if there's an opportunity to get out, Take that and up level into the next opportunity, right? It That's doesn't right. mean that you're retired and sitting in a rocking chair. It means that what's next? What's, you know, you built one, all the fun is out of it. Now let's go on to the next one. So I think uh, opportunities are always there. Life is a journey. It's a, it's a ladder, you know, for each step we take, we find more and more satisfaction. You know, the, I'm real big into masculine and feminine polarity and, and the masculine thrives in challenge. Um, and mo most entrepreneurs are, are men and, and the, the one, and ones who are women, they're also, you know, strongly embodying a masculine power in themselves too. And they're thriving on competition. So it's that challenge and competition really keeps us lit in life. Most mm -hmm. of my clients are bored or burnt out or they have a new passion for something else. And that's mm. when they want to sell the business. Um, so if there's, you know, if there's a time that you're sitting, you're like, just kind of not really vibing with the business the way that you were when you were starting it again, that's a good time to take a look at, you know, what's it worth. Also, when things are going great and you don't want mm. to sell it, that's a fantastic time to see how much it's worth because it you don't is. need anybody. Exactly. And I think, you know, it becomes an important time too during that sales cycle that once you think, okay, I'm going to sell, it's kind of like the business often does this downward spiral because you're not putting your energy and effort and direction into it. You kind of have one foot out the door. So you do want to sell when things are going good, right? And you want to continue the motivation to keep it going while you're in that selling process. So that's exactly right. I keep finding my clients, if their mental state is bored or burnt out, there's a trajectory. The business is going to start to decline and yeah. you do not want to be in a position to try to sell then try to sell it. Yeah, than that. exactly. So what's a one final question. What's the perfect time window to start thinking about selling? You know, I've heard different windows of how long it takes and, you know, preparation and all that. So uh, what's the time window that you want to start getting your ducks in line? I, I mean, I work with clients who wanted to sell yesterday um, and we're, we're literally going through everything as quickly as we can and getting them out to market. And then I've got clients that call me two years out or they've, they've either sold businesses before and the smart ones that have sold their businesses before, they know that there's a time frame that's you know probably mm -hmm. about two years out. They need to be working on it. So I'd say if they're as far as two years out uh, to as quickly as like, this is, there's a fire lit under their ass and they need to get it sold immediately. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the time. I prefer a little bit more time, but I can get things done pretty quick. The fastest deal I got done uh, was from the initial call I had with my client until the day they got a wire was 66 days. No way. Light speed in M&A. That is light speed. I was going to say. Yeah, I've got the company was... record. It, it, there's no one else in the company has done it that fast. 
Wow. I was going to say it usually takes a year, maybe a year and a half, you know. Ours like, aren't, ours aren't usually that long. Yeah, we're, we're getting things done in about three to four months if, it's, if things are packaged well and the financials are clean. Um, if, yeah. if it's a bit of a wreck and we have to spend some time on it, then it can, that can start to creep into it. So I'd say about four months is about, is about my average. Love it. Love it. All right, Nate, you have given us some really fantastic ideas. And more importantly, you've given us hope, right? That us small business owners have an opportunity to, you know, up-level, change, retire, start something new, get some money back out of the business. You know, you've given us a lot of hope here that we can exit, um, that that opportunity is available. So where can listeners find out more about you, your marketplace, everything you got going on, your book? Your whole world. Absolutely. Best play. I, I love individual attention and I'm happy to communicate with any listener out there that wants to talk with me. You can email me. It's Nate at websitecloserscom And then I'm happy to offer to all of your audience. I've got a digital version of my book. If they go to maximumexit.com forward slash resources. If they sign up there, I'll send them a link to the book. And then we've got um, spreadsheets on how to figure out what your multiple is. Um, there's a bunch of resources. I've got videos. I, I love working with my clients. I've taken testimonials. I've done 15 transactions in the last year and a half or so. And I've got wow. nine test, nine video testimonials from those 15. They love me. I love them. Many of them are great friends. Uh, I'm, you can see how, how jazzed up and, and fired up I get about this. I love helping folks sell their business. It's the one place in life where as a provider, I feel like I can help the family providers then provide for their family. So it's like, it's a ripple effect and I just absolutely love it. So uh, really passionate about it. Anyone that wants to reach out to me, if you've got a larger, a larger business and you're curious about what it's worth, happy to do a free consultation for you. If it's, if it's under a quarter million dollars, my marketplace isn't the best fit for you. Um, but my tools will still be helpful for you. And, but anyways, awesome. any, anyone can reach out to me and we can make that, de that determination. Don't feel shy. Uh, reach out. I'm right here. I love it. I love it. Hope. Hope. <laughs> it's out it. there and it's yeah. shockingly available right around the corner. You probably don't even know it. <laughs> so. I didn't know it. And that's what the fantastic side of this is. And, you know, I've been talking about these for a long time and, you know, I tend to, I tend to talk to a lot of attorneys and they're like, oh yeah, you know, when we get into these major acquisitions and, you know, and we're going to come in and, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, well, what about us little people? Is there an opportunity? Ah, oh, yeah, you know, you're the micro market, you know, or you're the main yeah. street market. No, there's still a marketplace for us, oh, and yeah. and you've you found it, and that's oh that's, yeah, we that's... sell 300 deals this year. We did uh, 256 last year. Uh, wow. It's yeah, there's a lot of transactions going on there, and it's the half million dollars to five million dollars in EBITDA. So it's going to trade from a million bucks to 150 150 million. That's that's our Love that's it. our uh, our sweet spot. Love it. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, Thank listeners, you. I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that'll help your business become more profitable and get ready to sell someday. I've been preaching for now four years about getting your business sale ready. That doesn't mean you need to flip the switch and sell it quickly. But now that if you do that, you got a marketplace that'll that'll have a whole bunch of buyers and, and opportunities for you. So uh, I hope you took down notes and uh, you go check out Nate's stuff. He's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really a fantastic opportunity. While you're at it, if you're thinking about it, you know, how about increasing your net profitability by 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? Huh. 
check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go get some information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And Nate and I would love to hear your questions or ideas, feedback. Hey, if you've sold a business recently, or maybe you're just thinking about selling your business, but you got a question, you can always leave a comment here in the podcast uh, comments. Nate and I will be quick to respond on it. And while you're at it, subscribe and uh, so you don't miss next week's show. You can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Nate.